So normally, like, I do, like, an intro when I do, uh, like, Zoom calls, but I don't really do that in person. Okay. But uh, I suppose I should introduce who you are. So, uh, Anibriite, uh, this is Andy, as always, and this this is a rare live recording. That used to be standard, but then COVID hit and we do everything through Zoom. But uh, today we're joined by Tommy Reedy. Uh musician, local skateboard legend. <laughs> um, we've known each other for a couple of years, I think. Yeah, like three or four. Yeah, and we got to know each other from the local drinking establishment downtown that all the degenerates hang out at. And, the British uh, Beer Company. Yeah. Um, and then, I, I don't I think I just knew you as a skateboarder, and then one day you were picking up the guitar and, you know, all the, the local musicians will be like, no, Tommy's where it's at. And, <laughs> and, uh, I agree, man. Like I'm, I'm a big Tommy Reedy fan. And, uh, <laughs> so I'm assuming skateboarding came first. It absolutely did. I uh, started skateboarding when I was like four or five and I haven't particularly been able to put the thing down. Yeah. And it, I'm 30 now, and it's still that's what I'm doing after I get out of here. It, it seems like it, it's a, like I've known skateboarders. I don't know anyone that skateboards casually. I suppose that's like what what is it? What is it about skateboarding that like I don't know gets you so <laughs> hooked, I don't know hooked on it, or is it just like part of? It's a counterculture. It's yeah, for sure. It's for rebellious youth. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you uh, have a problem. With the way things are, you can overcome and adapt using a little piece of wood with wheels on it. And, and it's kind of always been that way. Like, I've always been a big fan of, like, you know, the Lord of the Dogtown documentary. Hell yeah. And, um, but it definitely seems like, you know, kids who had trouble fitting in. And I think that's why I hung around skateboarders growing up, you know, being mm-hmm. an art kid. You know, we all had weird lives it's the out, outcasts and the misfits yeah um which kind of sometimes feels like the British Beer Company it's kind of a bunch of mm-hmm. so here's a question does that out outcast myth, myth yeah, let me try that again the outcast misfit lifestyle bring you to music or uh, like which came first like I always knew I wanted to be a musician. I, I started out on piano. And oh, I, really? Yeah. Okay. Which a, a lot of people say that it's a good thing to start on piano because yeah. it gives you de- dexterity in both your hands. Right, because you your hands are doing two different things. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then got a little bit older, and I think I was like 11 or 12 when I picked up the guitar, and I was like, yo, this is sick. I feel like most dudes are like 11 or 12 and be like, I can get chicks with a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the the initial input though. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to pick up chicks. Yeah. You know, but it was like, you know, I always knew in my brain that I was headed towards like a rock direction with, you know, because I, I saw songs and stuff growing up and I heard radio stations with all these crazy guitar riffs and I just like, I could do that. I want to do that. Yeah. And then eventually it snowballed and then it got one in my hand and it was, just came over from there. And it, it's it's a weird kind of like 
I suppose I've pigeonholed you a little bit in my brain before I got to know you. <laughs> but being like, oh, he's a skateboarder. Like, the last thing I expected to see you playing regularly is an acoustic guitar. Oh, yeah. You know, like, I figured you'd be more punk rock or, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. I went through a lot of phases in my life where I have held an electric guitar in my yeah. hand. And I have been doing the more punky, yelly thing. But uh, I love folk music. Yeah. I, I adore it. I love people of the people storytelling and... That happens 90% of the time with an acoustic guitar in your hand. Sure. And yeah, yeah. I just, you know, I fell in love with Dylan, uh, fucking Neil Young, or just early folk stuff that, like, even just my parents or just, like, my older cousins would listen to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you know me. I'm a people of the people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's a certain way of music producing that comes with being a people of the people like when when you are a product of the environment and your environment it's like there's that kid he's he's one of us he represents us yeah 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 you know it's that kind of like skateboarders locals only you yeah know, I, that... I have locals only tied on my ass <laughs> so you, yeah yeah it doesn't get, doesn't get any more local than me yeah yeah <laughs> and you know it's it's that kind of um, it, like I feel like you playing at the British Be- Be- the British Beer Company for our listeners who don't know it's this super divey bar that's super divey it's like <laughs> I don't know their actual max capacity is like 30 and maybe they'll have, they'll <laughs> have like 50 heads in there yeah. on like a real good night and um it it, it if you walk in on like a Tuesday afternoon and you're not a regular, like every head of the bar turns to look at you, and not in really a judgy way, just like everyone is. I think it's more everyone's looking to see who's coming in, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a very local, good guy, local guy bar, you know. And it's to me like that's that's. Not saying that you couldn't play other places, but like I feel like that's where we belong. I, absolutely. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't enjoy sitting in Main Street. I don't enjoy having a alpha energy ridden male get chest, like puff his chest out when yeah. I looked in the direction of his girlfriend for more than four seconds. Yeah. It's no. I want to have. Semi-intelligent conversation with my dumb friends over cheap beer. <laughs> That's literally every day at BBC. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, and it, <coughs> when was the first time that you played out? Because it's fairly recent. Uh, at the BBC. Yeah. But uh, I've always wanted to be a local musician on the downtown strip. I grew up, you know, skateboarding around, listening to all the live music. Yeah. And then Jeff who plays on Thursday, he was one of my earliest uh, inspirations to, yeah, Sorry, yeah. for wanting to do that. Yeah. And just like me, sings with a rough voice. He likes playing acoustic guitar. I would always, not window shop, but like window show. Yeah, yeah, he would yeah. have a set. I'd be like, there's Jeff. Oh, I want to be like Jeff someday. And then Jeff, through one thing or another, heard that I played music. And he was the first person who put me on a bill back when Lux was around. Lux. 
it was this weird hookah bar that was right. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It, it's um, yeah, it's right next to like Gunther Tootie's. Yep. That kind of yeah. Gave me a chance, and that was one of the very first times I got on the downtown strip with my guitar, and I could show people like I can do this too. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the one of the nicest guys and ever. You're you're never gonna see Jeff play and phone it in. Like, he leaves it all on the stage or wherever. Like, mm-hmm. he, he puts his heart into it every single time. It all comes out. Yeah. Is that part of what you like? Is kind of like, is it cathartic or, like, therapy? Like, getting out all that oh, shit? Yeah, no doubt. I, uh, sometimes if I'm comfortable with a person, I can communicate and I'm not nervous. Yeah. Other times... I'll get, like, a mental block, and I will be so nervous trying to talk with a person that I'm not necessarily comfortable talking with. So uh, all that energy gets stuck up inside of my veins, and it makes everything cluttered, and it makes literally everything else about my doing everything more difficult. Yeah. So when I play music or when I go skateboarding or something like that, it's just this outward... Like, you ever taken a wet sponge and just went... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. It's just rinsing out all the angst and gunk that I'm not able to properly express to people. Yeah. Um, now, you've written your own stuff. Is that Was there, or is there still, like, that kind of angst of, like, I, I remember, like, it doesn't really bother me anymore, but, like, the first time, like, showing my artwork and stuff... Um, the first time I hung in a gallery, like, my buddy's like, oh, go stand next to your picture, like, you, you know, you're drawing, and I'll take your photo. I'm like, don't, no, don't, don't call attention, like, don't, I don't, like, it just, I was, it was so uncomfortable. Like, was there any part of that, especially with your own music? Uh, right at the beginning, you know, like, I wasn't always the best guitarist. Yeah. I've gotten much better over the years, but there was a certain point where I could really sing, but my guitar playing was whack. Mm-hmm. And then I was good enough to, like, get gigs, but I wasn't confident enough to let really let myself shine. Yeah. So, yes, there was moments where I was like, oh, I have a little bit of stage fright. But then I ended up growing into a person that when a stranger sees me. Yeah. And they are even slightly feeling any sort of way about it. Like, if, if a stranger is bothered by something that I'm doing that I'm enjoying, the sensation that runs through my body is, like, elation. I love it yeah. when, like, a stranger who does not know me is disapproving of my behavior of acting like an asshat. So, like, when I'm on stage and some guy's, like, heckling me, I'm like, heckle me more! Well, you know, it's <laughs> one of those things where it's, like, you're still eliciting a response, whether it like the I, I suppose like the worst response would be indifference. Yeah. You know? No doubt. I want to get emotion my goal with music, at least yeah. what always always hit me, uh, I wanna make emotionally stuck people leave my show having not been emotionally stuck. I don't care what they feel after they leave, but I want them to feel something. So you want them to ring out like a sponge too? Yes. Yeah. I'm gonna bring sponges now and throw them at you. <laughs> it's a sponge kid. It's a sponge bitch. <laughs> um, do you find since you got and this is one of the things that 
impresses me most. <laughs> is I feel like if I was going to start doing what you're doing, the last place I would want to start is at the BBC. Because it's so intimate? It's so intimate. Everyone calls you on your bullshit. You know, like, God forbid you try to parallel park in front of it. You know, you come inside and everyone's like, oh, nice job, took you eight turn." you know. Um, so it, it's well-meaning, but, you know, you want to talk about being heckled, you can get your balls busted there uh, no doubt. severely. Any day of the week. Yeah. So was there that, like, intimidation factor of just being in front of your, your friends and the, those local chuckleheads? and. Yeah. As a musician, if you're in like a new location, there's always gonna be that little bit of, but uh, no, I uh, I love the people there, and I love the strangers there as long as they're not whack, you know. Yeah, like, we've seen a all year. We've seen oh, like, yeah. some whack people. There's been some there. some interesting uh, some <laughs> incidents, and mm-hmm. you know, I still to this day say my favorite thing ever is watching Philomena throw someone out. Oh, I know. Because half the bar wants to murder the guy. And <laughs> you, you, you got. You better get out of here right now. Yeah. <laughs> you, time to go. And she's just so like sweet, and she can't intimidate anybody. <laughs> but like the, the the entire bar is ready to like murder the guy. <laughs> Poor Phil. <laughs> um. So now you're writing music. Mm-hmm. Are you gonna be doing an album? Like what's what's. I'm, What's the 2024 Tommy plan? I've been putting it off a little bit, but Jeff Rosen, who you know as well, he, who plays at the BBC. Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, I mean, I have. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jeff, fuck you. Yeah. No, but he is starting to record his own album right yep. now, and he told me that I can stop by the studio anytime this year to start working on mine. I have about seven songs already written, but I want at least 14. Yeah. So I gotta write a little bit more, and I gotta hone the seven that I already have, and then we'll be good. And then I'll start recording it with Jeff in his studio, and I'm gonna make it this big, folky, punk, multi-instrument thing, mainly focused on acoustic guitar, but, you know, maybe that will be a fast song with a little bit of a... Yeah. But like, I don't know. So, when you're starting to write a song like where does that come from like what is your process like depends on the day sometimes I start with lyrics sometimes I start with a riff most of the time I'll go park someplace really quiet away from like traffic sounds or like sounds I don't want to hear yeah and uh I'll just play guitar I'll either put it in a tuning I want to hear it in or a capo somewhere and I'll just fuck with it until I find how I'm feeling with a riff and if I like it or not then I'll you know, I'll write out a basic rock song, you know, like verse, chorus, verse. I know it's very plain to write music in like A, B, A, B, but like that's how my brain works. Yeah, it's, it, it's a standard way of writing it, but it's a standard way of writing it for a reason, you know, because yeah. it works. Yeah, I have some more free-flowing songs that don't necessarily have a chorus. And I've been trying to branch out into doing more of those, mm-hmm. but my standard writing style is just like, here's the riff. Maybe the riff builds upon itself. I write a verse, the chorus comes in, here's another verse, the chorus, the part that's not either of those, and then it's back to the chorus twice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like, I've seen a lot of local musicians who write music, and 
like sometimes they overcomplicate it. You know, there, there's you know there's a time and a place for every type of music, but the stuff that really sticks and resonates with people, the stuff that they can, you know, those earworms that kind of like get stuck in your head, and you know, a good chorus is really key to that. You know? The the owner of the music shop right next to the BBC, Paul. Yep. Yeah. He uh, he pulled me aside after I've written the first song I had written in like months, and he just said, "Thomas, you wrote a beautiful riff that was that was very catchy, and I loved the lyrics and it. like that." Hearing that from a guy who's that musically accomplished, yeah, I was having a shit week, and then he just came in. He was like, "Tommy, that was real good. You did real good, bro." And I was like, oh, <laughs> "Yeah, you know, it, it's and that's." kind of one of the the great parts of creating stuff is not just looking at something that you've done and being like yeah I did that but kind of like seeing how other people you know take part in it and you know what they enjoy and And what their take yeah yeah Yeah. one of the most beautiful things that ever happened to me in music I wrote this song called Broken Glass and Rust uh, about two different types of relationships that I was in when I was a young man. Yeah. And Tommy, you're still a young man. I know. I know. All right. <laughs> but uh, don't be like playing the I'm old. I'm thirty. Bullshit. <laughs> there was this girl who I went to school with, and I lost contact with her for a while. But it, but she told me she went into rehab for some drug use. Yeah. And she told me she had very limited access to the internet at the time yeah and she said that that song that music video that I made for it on YouTube was one of the things that kept her brain on track to getting sober and being okay and it was one of the few things that gave her hope during that hopeless period and I was like oh god that that is the coolest thing ever it's crazy right yeah like when I was writing it I didn't know I was gonna help someone stay clean and up in a setting like that, it's, uh, I had a very similar experience with, um, a friend who at the time was, you know, um, getting off of heroin. He was out of rehab, but, um, he was like, oh, I credit Inebriart with helping me stay clean because it gave me something else to focus on. And my immediate response was, don't, don't, don't put your sobriety with me like i'm a fucking idiot like don't but sometimes we don't realize how we help people yeah yeah and like the kind of you know effect we have on people and we uh actually we just did an event um it was probably about a month ago tons of people we had like 60 tickets sold and there was just this solo dude and I've always told people I'm like if you're a single guy you should come to like these paint nights and shit because it's 90% women you know it's a good place to meet people this dude must have heard me you know showed up by himself was making his terrarium chit chatting with the lady across from him by the end of the night like we saw him exchanging numbers and I'm walking around like he's gonna name his first child after me <laughs> you know <laughs> so it's uh yeah you just never know the kind of the kind of effect you're gonna have it reminds me of when you had me play at the Mayflower Brewery, and you were like, Thomas, go talk to that girl. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. She oh. likes the way you sing. Yeah, I went over there, and I tried to smoke my cigarette all mysterious, but I was like, oh, what's up? Gonna get a draft. <laughs> um, that was great. And, and 
I would say, and I don't mean this to sound bad, I don't feel like your voice is for everybody. Like I've always That's said, not, you're kind of like a Tom Waitsy. It's a it's a very yeah. rough, gritty sound when I really turn on the heat. And some people don't like that. They like a clean vocal, and that's fine. Yeah. It's not for everyone. I just, I grew up on a bunch of rough vocals. Like, all my older cousins listened to punk, and that's all they ever, li- like, would let me throw on the radio when we were at, like, hanging at the cottage. Yeah. And, you know, they, uh, I myself just love rough-sounding singers, and to be perfectly honest, uh, I just, like, mangled the inside of my throat in my, like, early, early 20s with, like, crazy drugs. Okay. And it, uh, on the other half of that tunnel, finally coming out of it, I no longer sounded like Pipsqueak Tommy. I just sounded like this. Yeah. But, I mean, I think it, for that folk, you're you're that fine line between, like, folk and punk, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it really kind of fits the vibe of your music, whether that was intentional or not. You know, it's one of those... Sometimes shit just happens out the way it's supposed to. Just be honest with yourself. You know, yeah. like, I have a lot of youthful anger, angst, and rebellion still continually flowing through my veins. You're a sad the, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, like, I truthfully do care about people, and I care about their stories, and uh, I think that's reflective in the way I like to write music. Yeah. I think that's one of the reasons why I've always been like that. Tommy is my guy. Like <laughs> You're my dude, Andy. Because you are... I never, ever felt as though you would say anything that you didn't actually believe and you were... Like, you want everyone you come into contact with to do well. Yeah. You know? And it's just that super genuine, like, heartfelt that you're like, that, that's a good fucking dude right there. You know? So that's it's cool. like, and I think that kind of comes through in, like, every part of what you do, you know? And, you know, I've been in that bar when these fucking kids come in and you're like, that kid's not old enough to drink here. <laughs> and they're, like, just 21 and they immediately come over and they kind of, like, pay homage that's Tommy like I know him from the skate park when I was little you know like it's you know and and then you're just like you're so accepting and genuine with them that like you're like no you're the fucking dude well yeah man the uh, skateboard culture is like that it's it definitely has like an unintentional older brother effect you know like I was that kid to older skateboarders when I was their age I'm like oh that's that's Chris Bosch from the North Shore. He comes down here sometimes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, when you have a culture like skateboarding and all the kids feel displaced, if there's, like, at least one kid who really looks them in the eye and gives a shit, yeah. you're going to grow up idolizing that kid. Yeah. And then when you grow up, suddenly you're like, I'm very similar to that man who was who inspired me as a young one because I'm the same way with all the older skateboarders that I thought about and dressed the same as they all did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's something about not being patronizing, you know, to... Kids can smell bullshit a mile away. Yeah. You know? No, like, you, if you, you treat them like a person yeah. because they are people just because they're younger than you doesn't mean they don't 
pick right. up on things. Yeah, and you know, respect their opinions, and you know, <coughs> um, do you see similarities in the music world? Because you've already brought up Jeff and Jeff, mm-hmm. um, who very much I think in this community have that kind of vibe of inspiring other musicians and mm-hmm. helping and. You know, fucking Rosen's always like, yeah, come by the studio anytime, and if you want to record a podcast here, and like, just so open, like, does that kind of reflect that skateboard mentality? It does, like, uh, especially in the same little pocket of music genre that me and both of the chefs exist in. Yeah, like the more punky rock side of music is it's it's for the people. It's it's for your village, the people you are around. Yeah. And, you know, you just bear who you are to them and you set an example. Like, kids will never want to pick up a guitar and write music unless they see someone who they respect to do it. Yep. And I've had multiple younger musicians and skateboarders come up to me and be like, Tommy, like, I've, I've seen you just bear it all with your skateboard or your guitar and like you've inspired me to try it and like that brightens the fuck out of my day yeah do you ever worry about like an injury that would fuck up your guitar playing all the time yeah I, I'm a by occupation I am a iron worker and a carpenter five days a week so I am I was just thinking about skateboarding because I feel like you could Break your hand real easy. I'm more worried about injuring myself at work than I am skateboarding. Oh, right. I, I can I can skateboard in a straight line better than I can walk in a straight line. There is a more percentile chance that I will fall down if I am walking in that straight line. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, no, it's... I mean, I've always kind of had that concern about, like... I mean, less now, because now all I do is fucking email people. But, um, you know, that idea of, like, you know, if I lose a finger or, you know, just do something, like, you could... I'll find a way. Yeah, yeah I mean, pretty much. That's the that's to the core mentality for the people who respect skateboard culture. It's like, there's no excuses. You, it, you could straight up injure yourself to the point of vegetation, and if your homies are your real homies, they're going to put you on that board and push you around and bring you around places like Eeyore. <laughs> like Eeyore. Yeah, like, Eeyore doesn't... They don't expect Eeyore to be happy. They don't expect Eeyore to participate, but they still invite him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. I have so many Eeyores in my friend group. Yeah. <laughs> Eeyore's like, oh, I don't really want to go. And they're like, we know, we know, but you're coming. You're coming. He's like, okay. Did you have fun? No. <laughs> yeah. Well, we brought you, so. Yeah. We'll give you right back. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, do you... Do you ever foresee a day where you can't skateboard? Probably when I'm ancient and I'm just absolutely unable like to Like 49? Like 49? 49. No, I'm going to skate until... Like, <laughs> like, there's this guy, Neil Unger. He youthfully skateboards and he is like 80. Holy shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will not stop. I will, and I heard from a lot of older, older skateboarders who are like old heads from the 70s. Yeah. They said that, like, dude, it's like, with the pain that you get when you're older, it's easier to roll around on the thing than it is to walk places. Oh, I suppose that could be true. Yeah. 
Yeah. You just stand there and lean instead of moving your joints. Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I remember when I was a kid, like, the skate parks were just kind of starting to, like, pop up. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Whitman, where I grew up, put in a half pipe. Sick. It didn't last very long. Um, I think someone got really hurt on it. Nice. But, uh, they, you know, I think there's like two in Plymouth, right? Yep. There's one right across the street yep. behind uh, the steakhouse, and there's a community built one right on Newfield Street. So it, it seems like, would you say it's more socially acceptable, I guess? Yes. Is it still that kind of counterculture, though? It, for those who were there in like the rough years of skateboarding, where like, Every single person you meet would view you negatively because you held a skateboard in your hand. That doesn't leave under your skin as easily. Yeah. So, but yes, there is a, there's been a huge push for acceptance because of like things like the Olympics, accepting skateboarding, the skateboarding media portraying skateboarding in a more friendly way. Yeah. Like, like even like Robin Big on MTV is yeah. just like, it's portraying us as, not the nuisance to society that for so many years people thought we were. You're a little bit of a nuisance. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, and that's and that's one of those things is like, like I I remember again when I was a kid, like town was trying to pass ordinances and like you know the cops would harass the skateboarders, mm-hmm. you know, oh you can't skateboard here, blah blah blah, and you're not any there's not a higher percentage douchebag in the skateboarding it's they just tend to be a little more outspoken and yeah. it's you know. a it's a counterculture for people who need a place a refuge whether it be a group of people or just a act to express themselves it, not, it doesn't necessarily it's not like a clean cut sport it's not a sport it's a it's yeah. a lifestyle it's yeah. a, it's yeah. people who need an escape it's not like a hobby it's, it's people who need to be this way being this way yeah I mean and that's one of those things like I've talked to so many creative people and I'm like you know this, there's I've met a few creative people who are like oh, I should be making more money at this I should be making more money at this I'm like you're doing it wrong like if you're being creative to make money you've missed the point. Yeah. Like, I think truly creative people can't not do it, mm-hmm. you know? You are an entrepreneur, sir. You are not a person to the core who I would refer to as an artist. Yeah. And, I, I mean, you can be both. Absolutely. But you can be an artist yeah. who is also an entrepreneur, but you can't look someone in the eye and go, I- I'm a... A diehard for the culture artist. If all you're worried about is making money off of your art, right? Because you're more passionate about the money than the art. Yes. Yeah. I know some people who are such an artist that they will physically become ill if they are not allowed to create on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, and it's 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 so therapeutic. It, it's and that's one of the underlying things we're like almost 400 episodes into this thing <laughs> that I have spoken to so many people and it's 
you know, mental health and addiction and all these life problems. And it's always been the, did the darkness in you cause you to be creative as a way of coping with it? Or being creative, does that cause that kind of weird antisocial dark like you know like which came first the chicken or the egg uh the the shadow people talking to me when I can't sleep at night is why I write music (laughs) do you have uh um what is it uh shit I had an illustrator on we talked about this like he has sleep paralysis I don't have sleep paralysis but I uh but like he legitimately does drawings of the monsters and creatures that he knows they're not there, but he's like, that are in my room. He's like, they're, at the time, they're fucking there. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So your brain is a fucked up thing. <laughs> like, if uh, you go through some heavy enough of a trauma, it's, it like imprints on your brain and it does not go away. And, like, that can, especially if it happens in, like, a, a younger, more formative setting, like, when you're... 30? Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I, have, I have shit going on now, but I know, it's I'm definitely just... not, like, it, it's more, you know, it'll mold you into who you are if you go through, like, some fucked up thing when you're really young and then you still haven't dealt with it until you're 30. Yeah. Yeah. So what I've done, because I can't afford therapy, because, I mean... A therapist, because I tried it and I was sick of paying fifty dollars a week. Uh, Shit's expensive. It is. Yeah. But I've chosen music and skateboarding and my awful other third choice, which is just <laughs> blatant drinking and drug use. But you know, I'm approaching that point of maturity where I'm realizing that that third option is not always going to be the best one. Yeah. So I've. This year, I've fallen back a little bit and focused more on skateboarding and music, and it's been one of the best choices I've made in a while. And and that's one of those things that it, it, it's that comes with experience. Um, there's always been, you know, my father was an alcoholic. I probably would be considered alcoholic just for the sheer <coughs> I drink, although it's less than people think. It really is. But it might be more than people think. I don't know. I got pulled over the other day. Okay, okay. (laughs) For an inspired inspection sticker. Okay. And every person I told was like, oh my god, did you get a DUI? I'm like, no, I wasn't drinking. Like, I was on the way home from work. Like, why do you automatically assume I was getting Like, I don't drink constantly. Um, Because it's Plymouth, Massachusetts. Yeah. Well, it's just one of those. I work at bars, brews, and restaurants, and I'm always at a brewery. So, like, I kind of get it. And, you know, I I enjoy drinking. Same. Um, But I will tend to, if I'm in a really bad place, like I struggle with depression and and self-esteem issues, then I won't drink. Because I'm like, that's... That's just worse. It's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, yeah. That just makes really bad decisions. And um, sometimes it kind of sneaks up on you, and you're like, fuck, that was that was not the right way to do it. But, um, yeah, I'd rather have drinks with friends when I'm happy than being, like, super depressed, hating myself, getting shit-faced. That's not worth it. It's not. 
me and my buddies, uh, we all collectively have this bad habit of we'd rather hear the noises of other people than hear our loud brains by ourselves. But we also don't care if someone sees us upset. So we do this cool collective thing, and you've seen it every single day, where if we're all pissed off, we just sit there and not talk to each other and just drink. <laughs> kind of like King of the Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every couple of seconds. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's... That you're referring to what what is effectually known as the succulents. The succulent boys. Which, you want to explain how that fucking came about? Uh, <laughs> me and Money Hose and Benny Boy and Brandon. Uh, these are all my drinking buddies. Uh, and they're... they're yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they are actually my friends. But yeah. Jack noticed and Sarah noticed that we always come in there and we're just, you know, we're rowdy boys. And yeah. one day... There are literally sometimes where I'm like, they have fucking homes, right? Yeah. Like, they're here when I leave, they're here when I come back. Like, But uh, one day Money Hose kept saying the word succulent just to describe things. Yeah. And then I think it was Sarah or Jack, they were like, you guys are the succulent boys. And then we were like, yo, killing <laughs> boys. And then, like, it just kind of sprouted from that. Yeah. And then Sarah made us stickers that say the succulent boys, and it just became official. Yeah. But, I mean, like, that's that's that great kind of camaraderie, you know, misery loves company. Yeah. Because they're good dudes. They're not always happy. You know, no, they, they have their struggles. But, uh... And you're right, you know, there, there's... There's those days where I, I think that's one of the great things about the BBC is you can go in there and be having a great day and people come over and be like, hey, what's going on? And then like within five minutes, they're like, all right, I'm going to go over here and you know talk to someone else because you're not in a chit-chatty mood. Yes. You know, it, it has a great way of kind of people know what's going on. It's uh, people respect the feng shui in the room. Yeah. You know, you go to Maine's. So be like, oh, cheer up, bud, slap you on the back, and be like, here, buy this guy a shot. And, like, someone does that at the BBC, they're like, can you please leave me alone? I've had a really rough day, and I just want to drink and be by myself. Yeah. And you don't even have to give that explanation at the BBC. People can just kind of pick that up there. It's such an intimate place. It's no, there's not a lot of distractions. Yeah. Yeah, and it is... Yeah, I don't... That's probably the best way to describe it. It's, it's just a very cozy place that gets out of hand once in a while <laughs> yeah a couple of bar fights this year ain't none oh I don't think I've been there for a bar fight ever I've been there for five 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 holy shit this year yep I was in all five of them. you were in all five of them yep there was, oh. there was one on a naked Tuesday where it was block to block chaos and I was choking out some huge guy and his friends just started kicking me so Jeff from naked Tuesday ran out and tackled like three of the guys off of me Holy shit. How'd that start? <laughs> Penny boy was getting swung on by some dude. I ran outside, punched a dude. Some dude punched me. Money hose got punched. Vonte runs out. Vonte gets immediately muffed in the face, takes it on the cheek like a champ, and then just turns into a demon. The whole block just pops off from like the back of Speedwell to the beginning of Paul's music shop. And it, like everyone ran out like Jack's. A, a fiance ran out. Yeah, it was just chaos for like a good three minutes. 
That's insane. Yeah, and then everyone just kind of we're like, all right, we're all hooligans. <laughs> we're all tough boys. Yeah. everyone chill. Why did this start again? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. No, I've never been there for a fight. Yeah. Jesus, Jeff Rosen is like one of the nicest, sweetest he, human he beings. Is. But I guy. would never, ever want him to swing at me in anger. It, like, and he's because he holds it in all the yeah. time. He's so really nice. People like that who you can tell that there's like another. Yeah compartment in their brain. It's that darkness that I was just talking about. Yeah, like, they they take all, they, all yeah. that anger that should be surfacing all the time and they're yeah. like, I'm going to put that right here. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Yeah. So when I need it I'm like, Rrr! But he's a monster. Like, he's yeah. a big dude. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Alright. I'm not going to call him a pussy anytime soon. <laughs> That's not true. I will. Um, so, you have stuff up on your Facebook, do you have music up on like Spotify? Are you doing that? I have thing? a couple of things on SoundCloud, yeah. and I have like a music video on YouTube from forever ago. But I don't have a lot of seriously record recorded music. I've recorded in the studio once or twice in my life for like two or three songs, but I don't have like a like a Spotify page or like or like an Apple Music thing. Yeah, I hope I will soon. And yeah. this, I told you, like I said. It, Earlier this year, I'm, this is the year where I'm going to put all my all into getting. So my album I'm not telling you what to do, but you may not be aware of this being as old as you are. But like TikTok is like a big thing right now. Oh, <laughs> you were saying this the other week. You need to put your stuff where the kids are so they can see it. Yeah, you know. I mean, look at, you know, like love him or hate him, but Matt Reif. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that dude made. He's that that comedian. Yeah, yeah, like he blew up on TikTok um, you know then you can have a conversation about him after that but well maybe I'll try Andy yeah. I'll make a TikTok and then when I get to be a TikTok famous emo folk singer you could be like I told you Thomas I told you I told you I don't think I'd ever call you Thomas very few people call me Thomas but there are some yeah so like a see like the only people that called me Andrew was like my immediate family like my parents and my I sister. I didn't know your name was Andrew. Do you think Andy was from? Milanakis. <laughs> yeah, my first name is Andy Milanakis. Yeah. Yeah, Andrew. But, like, no one calls me Andrew. Because <laughs> I really would prefer they didn't. You know, it, it's just too formal. It's not... To me, it's the same as... Like, if I go into a, uh, a bar that I'm always in... And then there's a new bartender or waitress or whatever, and they're like, what can I do for you? You're like, all right, first you can stop that, because it makes me feel unwelcome. And then they'd be like, fuck you? And you're like, there you go. So, like, calling me Andrew feels the same. It feels disingenuous, you know? Because to me, you're Tommy, not Thomas. Thanks, Andy. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um... But we're getting close to wrapping up so Tommy can go skateboarding. Yeah. Uh, where are you going? Locally? 40 feet that 40 way. 40 feet that way? Okay. To the other skateboard. Yeah. Is that your go-to? Like, what's On what's... Sundays. Yeah. It's where all the boys who I skate with meet up. Jeremy's right there waiting for me right now. Jeremy, Jeremy. My, my black friend with the dreads. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see him downtown all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what's, like, the best local skate park like is there like some people are gonna crucify me for saying it but that's okay we don't uh, mind you being controversial <laughs> in Plymouth it's probably Plymside 
because normal Glen Park becomes a daycare. In greater Massachusetts, my th- I'm a transition skateboarder, which means I like to skate ramps and stuff more so than street obstacles. Okay. However, that doesn't mean I can't. But my favorite bowl in all of New England to skateboard in is Sandwich. Okay. Sandwich Skate Park has the perfect bowl. But it's a daycare 90% of the day. Uh, so, does, so that's an interesting point because we already talked about how like you want to be that guy that kind of like holds the door open for the next generation. Always. But Always. I mean, sometimes you want to be like, the fuck away from me. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I will never be mean to the kid yeah. who's just skateboarding, trying to fit in, ever. Yeah. But if there's like a Looney Tune brigade of like 19 scooter kids literally throwing their scooter into the pool, unsupervised by a mom reading some kind of like novel. Fifty from, Shades of Twilight? Yeah. Oh, no, you're a Twilight guy. I am a Twilight guy. That's right. Put respect on Twilight, Sam, Andy. I can shit on Twilight all I want. It's my show. <laughs> no, I just remember there was one time we were at the bar, and you were, like, way into the... In, like, there's no sound on. It was just playing, and you were so into it. I'm like... I love Twilight, too. <laughs> um, sorry, I didn't mean to derail that. It's but, okay. uh, yeah, I can get that. <coughs> yeah, yeah. There's a difference between it, an ostracized kid finding honest in- interest in skateboarding and being nervous to talk to the older skateboarders at a park than a snot-nosed, 47-strong daycare scooter brigade ready to get in the way of every single thing that you're doing. Yeah. There's a difference. I can see that. <laughs> um, well, thanks for coming in, man. Of course, Andy. Yeah. You're one of my best friends, and I'll always help you out. You shoot, I shoot. That's how this works. What? You shoot. Oh, okay. <laughs> you shoot, I shoot. Pull out that stick. Baby. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> um, see, I'm not from the street. I don't know where that <laughs> lingo. So you think there's the possibility of a 49-year-old guy picking up skateboarding? Absolutely. Right. You just got to have the right mindset. Totally blow out his knees. He can barely walk. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so listeners, um, I will update you on my skateboarding experiences um, from my emergency room bed, I'm sure. But, um, you know, go check out Tommy Reedy's stuff. Where I mean... SoundCloud and my Facebook. I'll make my Facebook public so y'all can hear it. Yeah, and uh, we'll share it. We'll put some links in and stuff. And uh, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me, Andy. Yeah, you're always welcome. And um, I'm sure I'll probably see you within the next 24 to 48 hours. Yep. I'll be <laughs> where you know. That's usually where, you know. Are you playing this Tuesday? Uh, I mean, Jeff might let me have a song or two, but I'm not playing officially. I only ever take over the gig if they have something to do. Yeah. Yeah, you're kind of like the standard filling guy. Standing guy. Yeah. We're going to get you on some uh, Art on the Greens this year, too. Yay. Yeah, it's the plan. I just got to finalize some paperwork shit. Okay. But uh, thanks, listeners, and thanks, Tommy, and uh, see everybody next week. And thanks for checking out the show today, listeners. Uh, If you enjoyed the content today, you can go over to patreon.com slash inebriart to support the show. You can join over there for just a few dollars a month and help us provide this fun content that you just checked out. You can also email us at inebriart.com with your questions, complaints, and concerns, or you can find us on all social medias at inebriart or at inebriart6 on Instagram. And also don't forget to check out our other shows, Bar Talk Podcast, 
Old Colony cast, Inebriart, and all the other shows on the Inebriart Network, which you can find at inebriart.com. Thanks again for listening.